amen. Tonight, as um, as if we transition into the message, I, I want to remind you that you can go to our website and um, give. Uh, thank you for giving. I want to thank you for continuing to give. Um, but our, our website, you can go there to give, or you can mail it to P.O. Box 570, P.O. Box 570, Denver, North Carolina. Um, so thank you uh, from me. Thank you on behalf of this church for continuing to support us. Uh, we are excited about what the Lord is doing and believing, and we still know that the best is yet to come. I want to announce to you, one, first of all and foremost, to remember Wayne Moose and his family in your prayer. His grandfather went on to be with the Lord today. And I, pray, and I ask that you would lift them up in prayer that, uh, that the Holy Spirit would comfort them like only he can, that he would strengthen Wayne, um, and that through this, believing that, that his family is just going to, those that, don't, that have been running or don't know him will come to know him. And I, I just want you to lift him up in prayer and, and that family. And uh, I want also to, to let you know, I'm sure you may have seen the post on Facebook, um, or you got the reminder through the text, the remind app, but our Sunday Easter, Easter Sunday service is not going to be Sunday. It's, um, it's going to be Saturday because it's going to rain and storm Sunday, and we don't want to let a beautiful day just go to waste on Saturday. So we are going to have service at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock on Saturday, we will have our Easter service here. That is Saturday at 11 o'clock. For those of you who come here, I want to tell you that you need to pull in the second entrance into the gravel lot. There will be people out there directing you on how to and where to park. But the second entrance, they'll be out there directing you. So don't come flying uh, onto Pine Ridge, be ready, and ready to make a right-hand turn all of a sudden. But go into the second entrance into the gravel parking lot. So uh, again, Saturday at 11 o'clock, remember to come wear your lakeside shirts. Unfortunately, you will have to stay in your car because we don't want to be fined, and uh, I simply don't want a misdemeanor charge to my name. I just don't want that. So uh, stay in your car, but we'll wave at you through the windshield and, and whatever else. But if you want to paint your car, I know some people are going to decorate their cars. They're just excited to come together, and uh, I think it's awesome. Buy some uh, window chalk. I don't care what you buy, but I know Jeanette Coco was talking about decorating her car, and I just think it's great. I, I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. So we look forward to seeing you Saturday, and uh, just if you are watching this and you didn't know, now you know, and call somebody else and tell them that you that you may think needs to know. So Saturday at 11 o'clock we will have service, and um, we'll just go forward from there. But I want you to turn in your word tonight. Obviously, I'm not summer. Um, that's no, she didn't grow a beard and, and lose a lot of hair. Uh, her back is hurting, so, and continue to remember her in prayer. Um, but uh, I, I believe the Lord's going to touch her body, and she's just going to feel a lot terrific. Uh, so, anyway, Mark chapter 9. I'm going to pick up where Summer had left off. But Mark chapter 9, we'll pick up in verse 14, 14 through 29. I'm going to try to cover a good little bit of, of, of I hate to use the word ground, but scripture tonight. Uh, but to keep it all in context... But 14 through 29 in Mark chapter 9, and uh, I want to, to use for a subject tonight, uh, lack of power. And uh, That's missing greatly in the church as a whole, 
it's, it's missing. So verse 14 says, And when he, when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question you with them? One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto you my son, which has a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he takes him, he tears him, and he foams and gnashes with his teeth and pines away. And I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered them and he said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. They brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tore him, and he fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And straightway the father of the child cried out, and he said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, You dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried, and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? And he said to him, This kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. So I don't know where you find yourself tonight watching from, but I encourage you to just, just let us know. We just like to keep up with where you're, where you're watching from. Uh, and, and just, if you will, just let us know and, and we'll, we'll know. <laughs> I don't, we're not going to do anything special. We'll just know where you're watching from. But uh, as I was preparing and studying through this uh, script, scripture, the text, I... You can go so many directions, but I, I said, Lord, you know, I was praying, what direction should I go? What would you have me do? Which direction should I uh, present and, and, and teach and lay out the gospel and lay out? And, and he led me this direction. And there is a lack of power in the church. And there's not a lack of boisterousness. And there's not a lack of noise. There's not a lack of shouting. There's not a lack of show. But there's a lack of power. And I think we get the power mixed up with the outward things that people do. Uh, so here we find in the scripture, and we find that a father has, we know that we just read it, the father has a child who is vexed, he is possessed with a demonic spirit. He wants his child delivered, obviously, because he's tired of his child being torn, tormented, and, and even trying to be killed, and he wanted him to be delivered. And the amount of faith is not the question, though. It never is. The amount of faith is never the question. The real question is, where is your faith anchored? And a lot of people say, well, if I only had enough faith. And 
the other, uh, I think it was the other week, last week or whatever, ter- kept texting Mustard Seed Ministries. And, and, and we read, in, and I'll read this to you in Matthew 17, 20. He says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. <coughs> it's people who make the amount the issue. The amount is not the issue, it's where is it anchored. You can have all the faith in the world, but it can all... All the faith can be placed in the wrong place, and it's all wrong. Or you can have a, a, a tiny amount of a, a, a grain of mustard seed, and that's all you got, and it's placed in the wrong place. It's still all wrong faith. So it's people who always want to place the emphasis on the amount. Here's a child who was afflicted and possessed by a demonic spirit. And first of all, I want to tell you, that still happens today. I haven't been, uh, we used to have the opportunity and privilege, and, and sometimes Ophi watches, and, and man, I'm telling you, we, we still have a, a strong connection to Ophi and Harrison and her family, the Largos, who are, who are out in Manuelito, New Mexico. But when we went there, I, I never really encountered a, a, a demonic spirit like in, 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 the, in the realm that I did there. But I want to tell you that, that people are still possessed. People, some people don't believe that. Some people think it's craziness, but it, people are still possessed by demonic spirits. And I want to tell you something. If it is not of God, it is demonic. If it is not of God, it is... And listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to scare anyone, but I want to tell you, and, and let me address this too, a child of God, a believer, one who is covered by the blood, cannot be possessed by a demonic spirit. You can be oppressed. Uh, listen, you will be. Uh, but you cannot be possessed by a demonic spirit. So uh, I, I just want to let you know, first of all, it's real. The power of the devil and demon spirits, it is real. And anyone who says, bring it on devil, is foolish. Because you don't know what you're asking for. So let me, let me encourage you to be very careful and not be boisterous and boastful in your salvation. Because you and yourself, I and myself, am no match at all for Satan. None. I have nothing for him. But the Bible does tell us that greater is he who is in us than he that is in this world. I am not boastful and boasting in me. I am resting in the power of Christ. So we have a lack of power that has is, that is went on for way too long in the church. And that lack of power is because so many people's faith is anchored and placed in the wrong place. And the lack of power comes because we won't allow the Holy Spirit to work and have His way. So, as a Christian, you and I are a representative of Christ. I want you to get this. Christian means to be Christ-like. Torrance Nash was here uh, last year, and I think he said it last year, maybe in the year before. But talking about as a believer, as a Christian, your number one focus should be to be like Christ. If that is your focus, if that is your prayer, if that is what you are seeking, then all the other things will take care of themselves. To be Christ-like. Because if you are Christ-like, you are going to want to reach the lost. You are going to want to share the gospel. You are going to want to help those that are in need. You are going to do those things. What you will not do is throw rocks at other people. You will not spend time chopping people's legs down or out from under them. You will not spend time uh, taking shots and pop shots at people. But you will love and you will preach the gospel.
to if you are Christ-like, if you are desiring to be Christ-like. So as a Christian, you are a representative of Jesus Christ. That should be first and foremost in our lives to be Christ-like. So the Father came to appeal to Christ, which is awesome. But we know that the Father uh, first came and appealed to the disciples. So he came to appeal to Christ after Jesus came down and joined the disciples. So the appeal, but the appeal was made to the disciples first. And it should have been addressed there. But it wasn't. It should be a great concern to the church that when that or to us as 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 believers when Christianity is without the manifested power of the Holy Spirit. It should be a huge concern to us that people are not being delivered, that souls are not being saved. It should be a huge concern to us because we have made it, and I'm not saying, listen, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody, I'm just saying as a whole, we have made it a numbers game and not, when, and let me ask you this, when is the last time you have led one to, to Christ? When's the last time you led someone to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That should be our drive and our desire, and it should not be just about building a building because, quite frankly, the building's been taken away. I love the shirt, and, and I, I know Donnie Wise and, and his family has it, and I want one. And it says the church has left the building. I love the shirt. but it's, It has. Thank God. But it should be a great concern that the power of the Holy Spirit is not moving and operating as he, as he should. So we see in this text an example that many, and, uh, that many will follow and many do follow today. The man, the father, went to where? Man first. It, it wasn't the disciples' fault that the man came to them. They came to him because they were supposed to be followers and disciples of Christ. Men are men, people are people, women are women. We're going to mess up, we're going to fall short, we're going to fail. But if they do come to you because they're drawn, by, they're drawn to the Christ that's in you, you should never point them to yourself, but point them to Jesus. So the man went to man first. And I don't know about you, but if I need power, we've been doing some work in here, I need power for my saw or whatever, I don't call someone who works for Duke Energy or a power company and say, hey, I need some power for my saw. I go to the source. I plug it in to the source. So if you need the operating power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you need to go to the Don't be going to man. Go to the source. God the Father. Go to the source. If you need healing in your body, don't go to man. Listen, I will gladly pray. I'll pray for anybody. I will gladly pray for you. But don't seek your healing from me. Don't seek your healing from anyone else. Go to the source. So I need power. I go to the source. So why do we have such a difficult... We, I'm talking about all of us. I'm, I'm throwing us all in the same pot. Why do we have such a difficult time believing in the power of God? Why do we have such a difficult time taking God at His word that He will not leave us nor forsake us? That there is heal, still healing in his wings. Why do, we, why do we have such a difficult time taking God at his word and we seek, we seek somebody else's opinion? Why? Well, I mean, right now, if there's a video that comes on that says such and such will take care of the coronavirus, everybody goes by it. 
I mean, it's just because you're just going to take, you're, you're not going to, oh my goodness, hey, if I need to know something, I go to the source. If, if, I need, if I need something from the Father, I'm going to the Father. And I'm going to take Him at His word. Lord, Your word says that, that by Your stripes I'm healed. Whether that be right here, right now, or on the other side, I know that the healing came by and through You. So we need to understand that His word is true, and we need to take Him at His word. And it should not be difficult for us to do so. So even though the disciples couldn't help the Father, the Father did not give up. There's so many ways you can go with this text and, and so many ways you can run with it, but the Father was persistent. He didn't give up. He went to man. Man failed him. In essence, man didn't, didn't get the result that he was looking for, but he didn't stop. I can promise you, if you go to man, the man, man will let you down. And if that has happened, do not quit. Go to the Father. Go to Jesus. So the, the Father didn't give up. He kept on going. He was not deterred by the failure of man. But we are. We become deterred and we give up by the failure of man. But why? Why does that deter us? Many will say Michael Jordan's high school basketball coach failed to recognize a talent. No, Michael Jordan's high school basketball coach saw that there was a great talent, but he urged him to go back. And if you don't know, he got cut, which blows our mind because he's the greatest player of all time. He's the GOAT of basketball. And you can disagree all you want, but I, I don't care. It's just my, what I say. But anyway... He, he was the greatest, he, he was not, de but Michael Jordan wasn't deterred. He kept pursuing and kept pressing. And I know, listen, I'm not comparing Michael Jordan to this situation, but I'm saying we need to keep pressing in and to keep going forward. And we cannot let what man has done to us or has not done for us deter us from pressing toward and seeking what Christ has because man's not going to give it anyway. Verses 15 and verse 16 in this text. We just read it, but I will read it again. It says, And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running and saluted him. And they asked the scribes, What question ye? And he, Jesus, asked, asked the scribe, What question you with them? In essence, Jesus saw that the scribes were basically taunting the disciples because of what had happened. And, and Christ was at, basically asked, What's the problem? What's going on? What question ye, or question you with him? What is the issue? Because I know, listen, verses, let me get, read these quickly. 17 and 18 says, And when one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto you my son, which has a dumb spirit, and who, wheresoever he takes him, he tears him, and he foams and gnashes his teeth and pines away. And I spoke, this is the Father speaking, I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. So the, 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 the religious folks are, are, are prodding and making fun and taunting because the disciples couldn't do what they should have done. The disciples couldn't do it anyway. It's through the power and operating of the Holy Spirit. No man, no man has the ability to heal anybody. It's the operating and moving of the Holy Spirit through the individuals that brings. It's, it's the, the healing all belongs to Christ. It all belongs to God Almighty. It does not come through man's hand. So 
You don't have to have somebody touch you for you to be healed. I, I know this may, this may man, this, I might get in trouble here, but it's okay. When I was growing up, these healing lines were popular. Man, they would grab you and shake you and, and everybody would touch you and the next guy would hit you harder and shake you harder. I don't need anybody to touch me for me to get what he desires for me to have. Jesus, we're, we're going to address this in a moment. Jesus didn't say go back and let them pray for you again and shake you a little bit harder. He didn't say run and, 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 and cast yourself down at the foot of the altar. He said if you will only believe. We're going to get here. And I know this, 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 this is why it, it frustrates a lot of Pentecostal folks because a lot of Pentecostal folks think the power lies in the noise. That ain't got nothing to do with the power of the Holy Spirit. We've been a way too noisy. To, listen, I ain't got nothing wrong with noise. I like it. But noise does not equate power. Noise does not mean the moving and operating of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times noise is simply distraction. So we need to understand the lack of power comes due to our uh, inability to believe truly and wholly in his finished work. So he was not deterred and he, and he kept going. And, 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 and when you don't, as a believer, when you don't do something right, don't be surprised when the religious folks lash out. Oh, I knew you'd mess it up. Huh. It's like, you know, the, the old saying, give give the dog uh, enough rope, they'll hang themselves. And, well, I just knew you'd blow it. Just give them time. They'll, they'll fail. That should never be your desire. Ever. I was, I was smiling to myself and amused and, and I, when, when, when the worship team was up here earlier and they were going over things and they were, they were talking about this, that, and whatever. And I was thinking, man, it's awesome to me that we have younger, younger folks, much younger than half my age. Thank God they, they make us look young. Leading. But I was laughing and thinking, man, they just don't know how hard. I'm, I guess you could take this as a warning, how hard they're going to get pushed in the next several months. Because I see and I desire for them to, to be stretched and to, and to grow in their walk and, and, allow, and allow not talent to drive, but the Holy Spirit to lead and take you to a place that you never imagined you would be. A while ago when, 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 when uh, they were singing and I, I was just thinking about, man, when the, whole, when the anointing takes over, all, the, all, the, all, all that we rely on goes away. Because you, you, you can sing in, 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 in out of key, but the anoint, uh, we need to sing in key, praise God, and we need to play, in key. we need to sound good, but you can sing out of key and be anointed and God will move just as good. It's not a show. It's not a show. And I don't even know why I said that, but take it for what you want. But anyway, they, don't be surprised when religious folks lash out at you. Verse 19 says, And he answered him, he said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? In other words, Jesus is the answer to the question or the answer uh, that came probably was not what they had expected or thought that they would hear. It was a tough answer. It was a tough statement. And, and, and when we're honest and when we're truthful, sometimes it's very tough and it's hard to receive. We, we say here all the time, and, and if you haven't heard us say in a while, tonight's your night. The truth will make you free, but it will offend you first. And I ask this question following up that statement. When is the last time the gospel offended you? It should have been not very long ago. 
Because if you're studying and you're reading God's word, you're going to be offended because he's going to check you. The vine dresser is going to dress the vine always. Because none of us have arrived. None of us, including myself, I was offended last night reading. I was like, man, man, thank God for the offense. Thank God, because through that comes freedom. Through that comes liberty. Through that comes victory. So I don't know if it was the answer that they really expected to hear. And, and, and uh, <laughs> I don't know why we tiptoe around things a lot of times. I, I'll just give a word of advice to, to husbands, especially newlyweds. If the, if the wife asks, does this look good, uh, just plead the fifth, because your answer ain't going to be right. Don't say, yeah, I, yeah. I answer Summer, I say it looks fine all the time. She can't stand the word fine. So evidently fine means, eh, maybe, I don't know. Um, so I just say if you like it. It don't matter anyway because you're going to change seven more times. and it just, You're just going to do what you want to do. But anyway, I don't know why I went there. Just, uh, I guess, a little marriage thing there. But anyway, he said, oh, you faithless generation. I mean, that is what I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's what you want to hear from the Lord, right? You faithless. L listen, any faith, any, any, any faith in the wrong place is faithless concerning the things of God. If your faith is in you, it's faithless. If your faith is in the church, it's faithless. If your faith is in the ordinances and the rituals and the ceremonies, it's faithless. But if your faith is anchored in the finished work of Jesus Christ, it is faith. And it is anchored in the right place. It's not the amount. It ain't the amount. Listen, you can believe for a Cadillac all day long. But it don't mean you're getting a Cadillac. Now, I'd take one, but... It's not, I want us to grasp this. It's us who, who puts the emphasis on the amount. It's not the amount. It's where is it anchored. This father came and he, you know, he basically didn't know what to do. He just knew something needed to happen. So any faith outside of the prescribed order and outside of how the Holy Spirit works and how God has designed things to work is faithless. It's faithless. We can, we can grow up and say we, have the, we, we belong to a faith-based organization and still be faithless. I know this may be confusing to some people, but it's the truth. If, if you got to have it right. The foundation has got to be right. Your faith has got to be in the right place. The faith, I'm going to jump on here in a moment. Faith is not the issue. It's the object of faith. It's the object of where the faith is anchored. That's the issue. Because everybody's got faith. Everybody's got faith. Everybody. Even if you say you don't believe in anything then you've got faith in your belief of nothing. That's not the it's where. So anyway, how long, Jesus speaking, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? These 12 spent time with Jesus. 
This answer, this statement was not so much out of anger, it was out of frustration, or not, it was out of sorrow. How, I mean, come on, guys. You've been with me. You've heard me. You've saw me. You, how long? How long shall I how long shall I suffer you? How long will it take? How long? You should be teaching by now, but you still you still. How long is this going to take? How many believers find themselves in this place not truly relying on God? There's no sympathy in the answer, but it's rather sorrow. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I put him in this position. Jason, what are you doing? This is me. This is me. This is our conversation. I'm not talking about you. I'm not. I'm not going to put you there. But I put the Holy Spirit in this position. How long is it going to take you, Jason? How many times have you seen me come through for you? How many times have you seen me deliver and heal and set the captive free? How many times have you watched me literally split the sea, literally back up the waters for you to walk through on dry ground? Jason, how long is it going to take you to get that I am God and I am He alone? I've I, I put him here. I'm not saying you have. I have put him here. And it's not an answer, and it's not, a, it's not anything that you want to hear, but you come to the realization, I put you in the place where you've answered me with truth. I did not trust you. I did not trust you. So how many times, again, have I seen the impossible? How many times have you witnessed His power, His deliverance? How many? One time is enough. Should be. The last statement in his answer is exactly what he wants. Jesus said, bring them to me. I mean, I could just, I don't know about you guys, but I just see it with such, because he has to be confident because he's Christ. You guys couldn't do it. You guys, and, and, and I, you know, bring them here. Bring them to me. Bring them to me. Bring them to me. This, in fact, is the Great Commission. This is, this is what he's instructing us to do in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. He says to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And verse 20 says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. But if you go back up to verse 18, and, and this is why, because Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So this instruction is for us to bring them who, those without Christ and those with Christ, to Him. Bring them to me. Bring them to me. Go teach them. Go show them. Go tell them. Bring them to me because I am here to move and act in their behalf. All you got to do is bring them in. Bring them here. Jesus never panics. He don't worry. The father was freaking out by now, I'm sure, because of this, this thing was going on. But Jesus, don't worry. Look at verses 20 and 21. It says, <coughs> And they brought him to him, and when he saw him straightway, the Spirit tore him, and he fell down on the ground, or fell on the ground and wallowed foaming, and he asked his father. This is going on, and Jesus has to know, but he asked the father a question, how long ago since this came unto him? I mean, why didn't he do it right then? 
Jesus has delayed the delay of the Holy Spirit to move and act and God to, to, to do whatever needs to be done in your life does not mean his denial. This kid, this child was being vexed and tormented and tore and the, the, the enemy was having his way per se, but Jesus still didn't panic. He said to the Father, how long has this been going on? Why didn't he just tell, why didn't he just say, get out of him right, right then? I talked about the last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, that, that he didn't steal the storm from the shore. He walked out on the water, and, 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 and I'm not going to go there, but he don't always act when you think he's going to act. He don't always move when you think he's going to move. His time is a part of his will, and it's always perfect. So verse 22 says, And oft times he cast him into the fire and the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything... Oh, man. He did, the, the father wasn't even asking him to, to rid of, just if you can do anything, if you can just give him ease or peace or, or just take him out. He didn't specify. If, Jesus, if you can do anything, he's been like this since a child. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. This is it. This is the place where we all got to come. I can't, you can't. Help. Help me, Lord, if you can do anything. Help me. Have compassion. This is a cry that the Lord will always hear and He will always answer because you're not asking for anything or your benefit. Lord, just have compassion on me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. This, this instruction, we bring him to him, and he, and, and, he, and he didn't panic, and they brought him, and he was a child, and he'd been cast into the fire to destroy him, but the father said, again, in essence, I can't, you can't help. Jesus answered in verse 23. He said, if thou canst believe that all things, or if you only believe that all things are possible to him that believeth, what do you mean? What, what does that mean? I, I used to ask myself, I don't get that. What in the world does that mean? If you only believe that all things are possible to him who believes. And it means basically, do you really believe that all things are possible? Do you truly believe? Or is there doubt? Or is there worry? Or is there fear? Or, or whatever? Well, I, I know it's possible. I'm not asking if you think it's possible. I'm asking do you believe? There's a difference in a possibility and a belief. It's possible for me to lose weight. But if I'm eating Twinkies and Ho-Ho's and, 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 and drinking uh, Kool-Aid with three cups of sugar in every day, there's still a possibility, but I don't really believe I'm losing weight. We have gotten possibility and belief confused because it is all things are possible, but do we truly believe it? Because if we truly believed it, I can promise you that whenever... Whatever type of normality we get back to, there is revival coming. It, it is sweep, it is going, it is going to sweep this nation. My God, it's gonna happen. And I don't believe that it's only gonna be just on Pine Ridge Drive. It's gonna be in a lot of places. There is a great revival coming, and it's gonna spread like wildfire. Man, I'm excited. So anyway, it would seem that, 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 that it needed immediate attention, but Jesus answered, and, he, and he, he didn't tell them to go to Bible 
school. He didn't tell them to get all cleaned up and to quote the Ten Commandments. And, and he said this simple thing, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. The Father cries out, I believe, Lord. I believe, Lord. Help thou my unbelief. Lord, I know I'm not even sure what I need to believe, but I believe that you're God, you're, you're in control, and I'm believing what you say. But if there's anything there that's still not adding up to what you desire, help it. Help it be pure, help it be true, and help it be right. I just want to believe. Lord, move in my life. And that's a prayer that will always be answered. He will always help a seeking soul. Verses 25 and verse 26 says, And when Jesus saw the people come running together, He rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, You dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. He was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He's dead. Huh. What in tarnation happened? The kid's dead. No, he wasn't dead. No, he wasn't dead. Even the demonic spirits have to obey Jesus. What is our problem? What is our problem? Are we better than demonic spirits that we don't have to obey? They obeyed him. Everybody thought the boy was dead, but verse 27 you come says, But Jesus took him by the hand. It is always like Christ. He is going to lift you from a dead state. He has quickened you. He will make you alive. He never leaves you laying down. Jesus took him by the hand. And he lifted him up and he arose. This is the beauty of Christ. This is the beauty of salvation in essence because without Christ you were dead. But now with Christ, he, you were there laying as a dead man. But he reached way down and he picked you up and he told you to stand. And live. And live. The boy had been thrown around, thrown down, thrown in the fire and in the water. But this time he was thrown at the feet of Jesus. My God. All, life, all your life you've been thrown everywhere. Can I tell you tonight, if you'll throw yourself down at the feet of Jesus, I promise you, your life is going to... Man, we might be here in an empty room, but man, I feel the Holy Spirit. Woo! If you will throw yourself down at the feet of Jesus, He will lift you up. I know some people are, are going through some hard times. I know that some people are even found themselves doing things that, man, what in the... What's going on? But tonight, if you'll throw yourself down at the feet of Jesus, He will lift you up. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And it's exactly at the place where you should be so He can take you by the hand and lift you up. Verse 28, they asked the question, why couldn't we cast Him out? And He said, it come forth by nothing but prayer and by fasting. I want to tell you something tonight. Fasting is so much more than doing without food. It's concerning yourself. It's consecrating yourself to the Lord. If you could be more holy without eating, then Christ died in vain. It has so much more to do than denying things. 
I found myself like a kid riding by a cow pasture when I was a kid. I would, and I still do it. I don't know why, but if I see a cow or a horse, I'm like, yee! Or if I see a cow in a field, I'm like, Rrr! It just happens. But I, I rode by a church, and the, and the sign said this, what are you giving up for Lent? And I had my windows down, and all of a sudden I found myself yelling, nothing! I was like, why did I yell that? Because I don't have to give up nothing, because anything I have to give don't matter anyway. It's all been done for me. I don't have to suffer physically because he suffered everything for me. We've got to get this. The suffering of Christ you cannot do. You can walk in victory and in freedom because of the suffering that Christ bore for you and for me. Throw yourself at his feet tonight. There was a lack of power because there was a lack of faith. When we, church, Terrence, if you can come play something tonight, uh, whatever it may be. When we, when I say we, I'm talking about the church. Let, I'll finish this statement, but let me, I, I want to take you to this point. 2007, the Lord began to really stir in my, my, my heart, mine and Summers. And We'd been at, at, at a church for 12 years in a great church and a great pastor. And that pastor, he just went to be with the Lord not long ago. Great body is still great friends with a lot of them. But the Lord told us it was time to move on. And the Lord spoke to us, Summer and myself, that what I've called you to do will start at home. And I want to tell you, I know everybody's got their two cents, but I want to tell you how I feel, what I believe, and what I feel the Lord is doing through this time. For so long, the, 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 the family has been attacked. We've been separated. We go our own ways. We go here, we go there. We pick up something for parties, and you pick up something for Chick-fil-A, and all of a sudden we come back home, and all of, we talk for three minutes, and then everybody's asleep. But the family's been forced to come back together. Even if you go to Hardy's, you're still going to eat it in the car. You've got to eat it together. You're not eating it in there. But the Lord spoke to some of myself, and the ministry that I've called you to is going to start in your house. Literally. It literally started with me, Summer, Noah, Sawyer, Sage, and Jim around our table. And what I learned through that difficult time is that when the altar is repaired, when we seek Him first, we quit worrying about the things, and we'll simply throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus. He will take the frustration, the bitterness, the rage, bondage. He'll take the lifelessness and he will grab your hand. And when he grabs your hand immediately all the benefits of the blood begin to flow into your life. I want to tell you tonight the individual watching that feels like it's all lost hope that is literally contemplating ending it all there is hope for your soul 
and there is still life to be lived. To the believer who's thought that I've gone too far, I've done too much, that I don't know, I don't know, Jason, I just don't know, I want to tell you, Terry, you have never gone too far. His love knows no boundary. And if you'll throw yourself in His feet, I promise you, if you'll only believe, your life will change tonight. I want to take some time and just ask you, will you place yourself at His feet tonight? Will you believe? And even ask Him to help you in your unbelief. He desires to move tonight in your behalf. Father, I come to you tonight. And I don't know what tomorrow holds, Lord, but you do. Lord, you know tomorrow, you know the day after tomorrow. And nothing surprises you. You're not panicked. And you're not worried. Lord, I believe as the Father has answered, when you ask the question, how long has this been going on? For some folks, it's been going on since they were a child. But Lord, I know that we believe tonight. I believe tonight, and I'm asking, Lord, for you to, to, to begin to move, and you're already moving in their lives. But Lord, they would only believe that you're able tonight. To that, that, that person that don't know Christ, I want you to listen to me. Believe. Believe that He is the Son of God. Confess your sin. Repent. Repent for your sin. Confess Him as Lord and Savior of your life. And welcome to the family of God. Church, it's time to plug in to the power source. Lord, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Lord, as we place ourselves at your feet, I just ask that you would have your way. Give you all the glory, honor, and praise in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you to listen, church, Saturday at 11 o'clock. We will have service, a drive-in service, drive-up service, whatever you want to call it. You do have to stay in your car, but the drive-up service. At 11 o'clock, we will be live streaming. It will be aired. I don't know. Sound quality may not be like it is now. or I don't, I don't, could be, I don't know what it will be. But regardless, we will have a video of some format for you to see. But uh, we're praying for you guys. Pray for us. We love you, and we will see you guys Saturday. Be blessed.